Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. And Brett Freeman. Hi guys. Cool. Alright, so we're going to have a little bit of a fun episode this week. We have to talk about PAX Unplugged, uh, and then we're going to have a little bit of Thanksgiving fun about what we're thankful in the X-Wing 2nd Edition and moving from there. So first thing that I want to talk about, though, is I know I might have said last week, because we didn't have an episode, I was sending out the thank you notes for the Patreon members. Unfortunately, as I was literally on my way to the post office to mail them out and get them all stamped and everything like that, I got the phone call that I was needed at the hospital because my wife was in labor early. So I want to just let you guys know that they are coming, I promise you. I hope to have them out this weekend. I just had a little bit of a snafu. Baby Talon Bane Cobra is here. Um, That is his official name on his birth certificate. So he's here to stay, and he is definitely going to be an Ace of Legends someday in the future. So I appreciate your patience. Thank you. And um, like I said, they will be out eventually. So Um, moving on, do you guys got any shout-outs? Congratulations to you and your wife. Oh, thanks. And I'm sure Talon Man's not going to be happy to be called a snafu, but it's <laughs> totally okay. Nice. Now, just say Talon Bane, that's a family name for the Lewinskys, right? It yes. It goes back <laughs> to the old country? Yes. It goes back to old Poland back in, uh, back before World War. Anyway, um, how about the Midwest Scrubs? We want to give them a shout out? Yeah, so I, I listened to their podcast, which is great, and they were very kind. They mentioned us on their most recent one, and uh, it was a great listen, and sometimes people have different opinions, which is totally fine. Yeah, unless they're wrong. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, definitely check them out, guys. Uh, Midwest Scrub podcast. Um, they're, uh, I, I want to say, like only like four or five episodes in, I'm going to think, um, but yeah, I would definitely t- give them a listen. Always help out the other podcasts when you can. All right, so PAX Unplugged. It is literally about a week by the time you listen to. It is the first system open of the 2020 series, and it is here in Philly. It is literally the only system open that they have announced on their page. So first thing we're going to talk about is the prize support. Um, I'm... First impressions of this, what do you guys think? Brett, I know you're excited. Yeah, I I think it looks awesome. Um, I love that they kind of went exclusively. Uh, You're cutting out. The participation damage deck was always cool, but uh, I think we've all probably gotten enough damage decks, and now that they're selling them for like five bucks each, I'm not sure if it's quite as exciting of a prize as it used to be. Um, So I I love that they're they're making it a kind of pick-your-own uh, you know, flavor as far as prizes go, and people are going to be able to walk away with exactly what they want instead of just, you know, what happens to be given out at table one. Definitely. Jonathan, what do you think? So I really like the customized punch board with, like, the faces. It makes me say, I wonder who is the person who you don't see their face, but they're in, a ma- they're in the helmet, whether that's Dell or Sane or Gideon, I actually don't know. But, uh, Who are the two that we see? So Iden's the girl. There's Iden, and then the then I don't know what the other guys, you look, know what the other are. people look like. So I don't know who the one in the helmet is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So my opinion. Oh, holy crap! I think these things are beautiful. Like, 
I know people are probably like, well, I don't play Empire, so I have no, you know, interest in any of these. But man, like, I think these things are amazing. And like, it really gives me hope that like in future system opens and future like events that this is going to be the normal. Like, I, I just think it is so great. Um, it, it's, they're, they're beautiful. It's something different. And like, it, you just can hope that like, you're going to get your faction and what you want. Like, we had the Plo and the uh, Red Squadron at Worlds. And now we have this coming to us with, uh, the system open series maybe we'll get like something different for the prime championships or whatever they're calling the regionals now um that might be a different set so it's definitely interesting i can understand a little bit of the like slack that people are saying like oh well i don't fly imperial so i have no interest in this but i think like last year what did we have like it was a lot of rebel theme stuff so you know you guys got to share take your turn uh, moving on to the frosted cards i you know, so last year they did, like, the name pilots where you had Quick Draw Frosted and Gurry and stuff like that. This year they took a different approach where it is the generics of each faction. So you kind of have the Hired Gun for Scum and the Y-Wing Blue Squ- or Red Squadron uh, Expert for, f- what is this, Resistance, um, Techno Union Bombers for uh, Separatists and so on. It's kind of cool because, like, I think, and I know some people were saying this too about how they might not be as desired that with Quick Troll or any of the name pilots or anything like that. But I, I think at the same time, this kind of gives you a reason to get multiples of them. Like, it, it would be neat to have like a bunch of these as your squadron, and instead of just getting one and done, like, it, this might give you a reason to grind out some more games. So, I mean, I personally am not overly excited about them because I rarely fly generics. Um, but, you know, for someone who, who flies a TIE Swarm or, uh, you know, does any type of Separatist Swarm, I guess, um, I, I think that these would be, you know, really cool prizes to have um, because it's it's rare that you can get something as, you know, fancy as a frosted plastic card for, you know, a, a, a no-name type pilot. So... Uh, I think that is really cool, but of this spread, I'm definitely most excited about the challenge coin. That looks really nice. <laughs> You're going to use them as your shield tokens? I, I am not, no. Oh. <laughs> the, um, <clears throat> no, I like the I like all the prizes all around. I think I could really use, actually, more TIE Fighter dials, because I have far more TIE Fighters than I have dials. And with Epic, I, you know, I want to be able to put a whole bunch of TIE Fighters down. Well, don't you get to do the... Uh set one and like move six now or do you you are totally right so i guess i only need one <laughs> fighter now right yeah um yeah like i said i think it's okay like it's a different approach f of g you know they're gonna hit or miss on certain things like i said i think this is definitely a hit with the inferno squadron um the frosted generics are okay i mean i'd be curious to see if like they're how they do sell and i'm sure they'll track it to see like for future generations like what does come out um and then we gotta get nice and uh, you know i like the precedent that the doing red squadron then inferno squadron sets because i can imagine a future where they do where i can imagine them doing jedi like all different all the different jedi or like say t70 pilots yeah they could do like something like bounty hunters yeah, so like you have like you could have there's Boba, there's Dengar, there's Bosk. or like there's Poe, 
and uh, like Poe and Snap and uh, Jess and everyone. <laughs> Next one's going to be it's the Resistance, and it's just the, the top names from the Resistance pilots. Or you could do uh, Separatists, where you have all the different droids. <laughs> you could do <laughs> like little droids. The Roger Rogers of the Separatists. Yeah, it's definitely like something that's going to open up the future. And I, I know I've said this every time that I see it, but I, I'm just super pleased. And, and like I, I think they knock it out of the park as, with second edition. Um, I know people are still upset about the Nationals prizes, but I, I think this is a good step in the right direction. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future when they announce. Uh, well, we got a little bit before the... Um, 2020 national series but um it'll be interesting to see what else comes out of fg's bag uh moving on we got like you know your standard things uh for the top 32 top 64 you get uh cards you know range rulers they got deck boxes now and then you got your standard templates that you always get and template trays and then of course the trophy for the um for the champion, which is like I said, it's all pretty standard. After that point, it's just themed after uh, Inferno Squadron, which is fine. Like I said, last year Rebels had their pride and glory um, at Worlds. They we had a whole entire thing set after Plo. So uh, it's the Empire's time. It's fine, <laughs> everyone. It's fine. So I'm excited for PAX. It, it's going to be a fun time. Um, the other news that we're going to go into though is. They switched it up on us, and here we are already and practicing extended list and extended meta, and two weeks before PAX, we get notification that they switched it to hyperspace, which is fine. I'm, like, super pumped about it because it's kind of... I really haven't touched hyperspace, like, since probably the summertime, like, when all the hyperspace trials were going around. I really just, like... It put it on the back burner. Everything I was doing was like Nova, Worlds, um, anything like along those. That's all I was focusing on. So like I completely almost forgot about hyperspace. And now here we are two weeks before they let us know that hyperspace is going to be the format. And the hyperspace qualifier um, got switched to Worlds qualifier. So that's going to be extended. So it is interesting to see that flip. However... Because we are the first system open of the series, it's a little bit like we're kind of getting shafted because we don't have that inevitable points adjustment that's coming in January. So we have that to look, you know, at that we're kind of like, okay, I, I understand it because most of the system opens are going to be after January. We're kind of always like the testing grounds for this kind of stuff. Um, Brett, do you have anything on this? What do you think um, about what do you think about hyperspace being the format for the system open in general? Sure. So I, I mean, I personally always really liked that the system opens were extended, um, and they were really the the most accessible event to to players that that was an extended event. So I'm a little disappointed to see them make the switch, especially with um, you know very little lead time. Um, but I am really encouraged because if if they are making you know their premier series of events hyperspace that means that hyperspace may become the the main format which means we might finally be getting uh points you know shift or uh, shifts ships shifting out of hyperspace new ones coming in and really have the type of limited competitive format that i think all of us think would do uh, wonders for the the competitive game 
So I, I, I hope it's indicative of really good things to come uh, in January. But like you said, it doesn't help us at all for packs where, uh, you know, hyperspace is basically just the, the extended mini format. Uh, and there's a, only just a few things missing. Right. Um, and like with hyperspace, it's kind of like, you know, they, they wanted to balance the game for extended and like maybe like hyperspace is even like a more finely tuned balance. But I, I think at the same time, um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Jonathan, do you have any thoughts on the hyperspace switch? Yeah, I, I'll admit, like, over the last few months, like, the difference between hyperspace and extended sort of disappeared for me as uh, we started, um, you know, with worlds being extended, and it just sort of, I sort of forgot that hyperspace was, a di- and then with Nova being extended, I just sort of forgot that hyperspace, they just, like, blurred right together, especially with all the things being added to the hyperspace format. But I think it bodes well for the future that if they want the system opens to be hyperspace only, that they need to make a difference between hyperspace and extended, and that they will presumably start, as Brett said, do some rotation, maybe rotate ships out or rotate specific pilots or upgrades out just to keep the format fresh and interesting. I think it's interesting that, like, so we'll see PAX is going to be different than Worlds because we're sort of looking at a packs that might be very similar to worlds but now without um without jenden without um torkoal Torkel, without kirax's it's going it's gonna be different but i don't know how but it'll be different right so that's a very interesting topic like um we saw some of these newer factions pop up and they they made a splash into extended now, when you take some of these other factions like Scum and Empire and Rebels who have their, you know, very hefty base, but a lot of their tricks are kind of up the sleeve of certain pilots, is that a handicap to these factions where, like, obviously Jedi are good and Separatists are going to be amazing? Um, it, like, so, like, Scum losing Torkoal and you know, Empire losing Jendin and any of the shuttles, is that really going to hurt them? Or is that just going to give those players an opportunity to find something else in that faction? Like that meta was based off of a lot of those like things. But I think at the same time, like do we, do you guys think that that is going to really put a hurt onto those factions? Like, and my, I guess my real question is, is like, because of that, do you think Jedi and Separatists are going to really kind of excel to the point that, like, it's going to be nonsense? I, I mean, I definitely think that if you have seven factions that are all based around Extended, and three of them will have limited card pools now in hyperspace, and four of them will have their complete card pools, you know, except for a couple upgrades maybe, that it has to be a huge advantage to the, the four factions with their full card pool. Um, I I don't see how there's any way other than to just for FFG to blatantly say yeah uh, extended was not at all balanced at all um, right if their whole goal was to to make it balanced for worlds then right now for at least this one tournament those factions that have everything available should be at a huge advantage um, I mean losing phantoms losing uh, you know the shuttles that that really kind of hurt the the empire right the world's list now is not going to be played at at pax because it's just not legal because it's extended um and that's definitely a, a big hurt 
What? So the world's list was Vader, and Grand Inquisitor, uh, Inquisitor and, Whisper. and Whisper. Okay, and Whisper. Right. For some reason, I was thinking soon tier. Yeah. No, that, that's a very good point. Um, Jonathan, what do you think? Um, you know, I think that uh, Brett raises a good point. I think that Empire gets affected a lot with losing Jendon because Jendon really helped those Inquisitors. You know, with their action efficiency, with their fire control systems, getting them the target locks, they get those concussion miss- missiles off. So I think losing Jendon hurts. Uh, the shuttle is much better than, say, the Reaper has been as a crew carrier or support ship for Empire. Um, and I think that losing the losing Whisper as a tool hurts Empire as well. But I mean, I, I think Empire still has lots of great tools in Grand, Grand Inquisitor, Darth Vader, Suntir Fell. Uh, so they still have options, but I think it, it definitely takes them down a notch. Maybe, you know, um, hurts them in their matchups against, say, in, uh, Jedi. I think that Scum losing the Kirax, like that really efficient three attack die ship hurts, losing Torkoal and the Hawk hurts. And then a lot of Scum's tricks were in things like, you know, the Hawk or in like, um, not that we're seeing a lot beaming. Of them, but like, yeah, or like the Shadowcaster, right? It's not. Right. Like, you, even, yeah, like the Shadowcaster, um, the quad jumpers were making appearances all over the place like and then they were doing relatively well and i think for rebels i think so ironically both worlds lists are not hyperspace legal because the z95 and rebels but i feel like rebels don't get affected as much they were sort of middle performing before i think and i think they'll still be okay performing losing the z95 is not a huge deal and they still have most of their main ships like uh X-Wing, B-Wing, Y-Wing, A-Wing, U-Wing, you know, are all, uh, Falcon are still there. And the ships, a lot of the hyperspace list ships, hyperspace only ships in Rebels, like people never played them, like the YT-2400, K-Wing, you know, Azatuck. Um, so yeah. I think our ARC-170, you didn't really see it. So I think Rebels will be okay. Good, Brett. I, I no, I was just going to agree that you know it seems like what the rebels are losing are things that just really weren't showing up much anyway. So I, I think Jonathan's completely correct that rebels really aren't affected that much. Empire seem and scum seem to be the ones that are, are hit by far so, the hardest. Okay, so we talked about the stuff that was hit with this stuff. Now we have to talk about like the stuff that excels. Like, is Chopper going to be a menace? Is the Nantex within Snare going to just be like completely? unbeatable like because they were like competitors in the extended format where they might not have had natural predators but they had other things to deal with do we think that that is absolutely going to benefit them like as opposed to um these other things like losing their stuff i mean like my thoughts i I think a little bit yes and a little bit no like i I think um i I think certain factions as the ewing in the Ubing is uh, hyperspace format, right? It yes. is, yeah. Right, so I mean, that, that's something to look at. Like, I, I think it, it is something like almost like a different meta call where you, you kind of have to look at like the different ships out there. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie, the list that I'm building um, is a little bit terrified of seeing Chopper out there on you know, with a Jedi. I think, like, if I see him, I'm just going to like panic a little bit and just be like, crap, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the same time, <clears throat> 
it's going to come down to like they're obviously going to excel because they don't require any adjustments like jonathan you said you were thinking about taking sinker swarm that's mm-hmm. something that you could have been playing in extended and hyperspace this entire time so you kind of already like supersede one step of the program or you just kind of are like okay i um this is what i'm bringing i've had the reps with it there's nothing i have to do deal with it and I just kind of have to really kind of look at the meta of hyperspace now. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, like one of my previous concerns about the sinker swarm was how in all my matchups. So I played a fair number of matchups against local Matt, uh, Matt Trong, who great player who was flying, who's, uh, who was flying a lot of gendered inquisitors. And it was, it's really hard with two dice to punch, uh, two attack dice to punch damage through on, um, on inquisitors, it just super, super hard. And now knowing that if there's no Jendin, there'll be fewer Inquisitors, you know, less like, you know, those two attack dice shots from the Torrents might pack more of a punch. There's not going to be something as defensive as the uh, those Inquisitors are, you know, with their force and evade. Um, so it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable because uh, comfortable bringing the Sinker Swarm. Um, yeah. Fred, how about you? Same thing. <laughs> like, you flew Jedi. You have no problem jumping into this meta right now. Like, what are your thoughts about that? That Do you think you're going to have an easier time against the field? Maybe it's going to give you more competition because you're going to see more Jedi. What do you think? Um, so I definitely had always had an easier time with Jedi against hyperspace um, than extended just because, uh, you know, some of the matchups in extended were a little tough. Like, Torkoal, I, I really didn't want to see Torkoal. Uh, across the board for me because it makes my Jedi really sad when they're uh, shooting at initiative zero or they're dead. Um, the the Inquisitor list that Jonathan's talking about is another great example, right? Like that is a list that, uh, you know, it's designed to not take much damage, try and go to time. That's something we just don't have to see anymore. Um, so, you know, Jedi, I feel like are in a, a really great position. And if you're scared of Chopper, you probably don't want to bring that list because you know you and I are going to get paired <laughs> together like round one or something. Um, so that seems dangerous for you. Well, um, I mean, I... If, if we get paired round one together, I'll personally ask to go on stream, and then you know my shtick of what happens when I'm on stream. So I, I do. I do. <laughs> um, um, the Nantaxes, I think, you know, if that shows up like it, you know, it, it should. Um, I'm pretty nervous about what's going to happen because I feel like some of the the ships that are not going to be available are some of the ships that do a a good job of trying to counter uh, what the Nantex is able to do. So it could be a situation where the Nantex does just dunk on everyone and completely dominate the entire meta. Yeah, like and like that's what I'm kind of like thinking about is like okay, so yeah, the Nantex is going to be out there to be a menace but like how would the nantex how like how literally does the nantex feel about something like um like something like han solo like something with like that is going to be moving close to last and um like so like my list that i'm like building like i i don't know if i would be like afraid of the nantex where like as opposed to chopper it is so like are we just turning into that game where it's like the meta of rock paper scissors it really depends on your matchup of what you get paired up against because like i said uh, the nantex definitely looks a lot scarier to jedi 
um, to any small base. Like, I mean, I was debating taking four fangs, and, like, that was the one thing that I was just like, if I see a single Nantex out there, it's going to feel bad. So, uh, I mean, I'm leaning towards more large base and medium-based ships for my list, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll have to really kind of see what the um, field really looks like out there. Um, but what do you what do you guys overall do you think this is a, you think this is a step in the right direction? If, if they're going to start cycling things out, I think this is a great step, and it's just so encouraging to see that that looks like it might be where they're going um, by making it their primary format. Um, I just hope that if it's their primary format for this, that maybe it be, it remains the primary format. Uh, you know, for the prime championships, the world championship. I I hope we don't have too many, uh, you know, flip flops throughout the year like we did last year. So on that note, though, I mean, what if we thought like the prime championships that I, I assume that we're going to be getting earlier, like a little bit later in the year? What if they made them extend it, and the, this was hyperspace, and maybe that flip flopped every year? Like that, that might be interesting to see because you kind of need to get the data for both. And it's like, so the world's championship qualifier, which used to be the hyperspace qualifier, now it, they, that switched. Do you think that we would possibly see the regionals or prime championships turn into extended just because for that data that FFG might need to put, uh, balance points more accurately? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what they're thinking anymore. Um, okay. But yes, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked, right? I mean, if they're making this flip-flop here, I, I would not be surprised if they did that for the Primes because that's going to be the next most accessible event, I think, to players. And that way there's a you know a diverse uh, format available for you. Right. Jonathan, you got anything on that? Uh, I... I agree with Brad. I'm not sure what they're going to <laughs> do. But I do think, I mean, I do think Worlds will probably, if the Worlds ex- qualifier is extended, it implies that Worlds will be extended. So I feel like the Grand Championships, Nationals will probably be extended still. At the lower level, I'm not sure. Uh, and with store champ- like store Championships coming back, I don't know what their, um, what those will be. Right. So I was thinking that same thing, Jonathan, about, you know, they're making the world's qualifier extended. But last year it was hyperspace that, that got you in there. So, <laughs> so who the heck really knows, right? Matt Holland knows. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I am curious to see, like, because we do have store championships coming back instead of the wave championships. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all does pan out over the next couple months. Uh it's really kind of it was an interesting time that it just got rehashed out so um so world championship qualifier let's talk about that for a second that is now the extended format and it only goes to top or you only play five rounds now as opposed to um the previous six which i think is pretty good because like it, it adds more people it gets more people that world invite and you know People that are only in that tournament, unless you're grinding out tickets to get that um, that world's invite. So, what, what do you think about this? I, I mean, I'm for it. I think five is way better. And the people that don't make top eight in the hypers or not the hyperspace trial, the system open can then jump in with as many buys as they have wins, um, as long as they're not top eight. Yeah, I, I think this is great, right? So, if there's a hundred people in that qualifier and last year there were 95 
Um, you know, twice as many people get in with five rounds as opposed to six. Um, so I, I think it's a nice way to get more invites out there, um, which just sort of helps everyone get invites down the line, you know, as, as more of the, the top people have them and they start passing them down in the prime championships and whatnot. So I, I love this idea. Um, and it makes the day just not quite as long, right? I mean, a six-round tournament when they're, um, you know, who knows what software they're using. I don't think they've announced that yet, but, uh, you know, those days can be really long on a back-to-back type situation. Cool. All right. So other than that, we're going to have our normal things. The hangar bay, bay pods are, you know, a standard thing that's at every event. And we finally get to see the Aces High Pod, which if you did not get a chance to play this at Worlds, I highly recommend you play at least one the in, in the weekend. It is such a blast. Make sure you find your hyperspace tracking tokens, um, or your hyperspace tokens. It, it is so much fun. You'll have a blast playing it. And, I mean, I, I think it's only 60 minutes um, per round. So you should really take a look at that and it's probably going to be a good way to grind out tickets and have a lot of fun so it's one ship with 80 points so like don't get me wrong it doesn't have to be an ace at six points like i've i've seen some super creative things with this from bringing ozatux to bringing upsilons like it is so much fun so if you are going to pax and you know you, you want to you're out of the main event. You're out of the world's qualifier. <clears throat> I highly recommend at least getting one game of Aces High in. It is so much fun, Brett. You can. You were like so weary about playing this at Worlds, and after your first game, you came up glowing, being like, "That was a lot of fun." It it was. It felt as fun as the first time you pick up an X-wing corset. It was fantastic. I was at a a tournament this last weekend, and we had like an. I don't know, like maybe 30 minutes before things started. I'm like trying to push people. Let's just play a game of Aces High because it's just so fun. I want to keep playing it. It's so different, um, but it's still using like, you know, the same mechanics we all love. That it, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's, Find a way to play this. Right. It, it's something that's like refreshing because it's not like you have to like see the meta or anything like that. There is no meta for this. You just go, you respawn, you have fun. It is like playing X-Wing. Um, almost like the way it should be played, <laughs> technically. But it, it, like I said, it is a ton of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, they might have a little bit more clarification on if they're changing any of the rules from Worlds, and I'm sure that will get posted around. If you're not going to PAX Unplugged, I highly recommend you check this out. Um, Jonathan, do you have anything that you want to talk about the system open PAX Unplugged coming up? Uh, no, I think we did a good job covering everything. Covering it up. Okay, so let's move on to our next topic. Uh, actually, one thing. Yes. I want to say, so we know that, uh, so D. Yoon yep. Oh, yes, that's uh, a good point. Fly Better is going to be the marshal at uh, PAX Unplugged. And um, D is definitely of the Paul Heaver school in um, not stalling, making, and that people should engage and not fortress. So just something to be aware of. Yeah, um, he is also looking for judges. So if you are more into that side of the boat and you know don't really want to play, he's looking for some floor judges. And like it might just be something as simple as doing arc checks or simple questions. He is looking for individuals that want to help out. So you can message him on Facebook, D Yoon. 
Um, he posted in the Liberty Squadron Facebook group. So if, if you're more interested in that than playing, definitely help out. And he can get you all set up on what you need to do there. So like I said, he is looking for judges. Um, I, I would definitely take a look at that if that's your cup of tea. And um, he did say he's going to try and have a, a rules document up um, in the very near future. Um, so that would probably be, I'm guessing, on the Fly Better page. So uh, maybe keep your eyes out for that as well to get any tricky rules interactions out of the way early. Definitely. Uh, so I'm sure we'll, we're going to try to put out another episode prior to the um, PAX Unplugged. So we'll keep our eyes out too and let everyone know. Um, okay, so we re- are releasing this episode on Thanksgiving. What better time to talk about what we are thankful for in X-Wing 2nd Edition? Brett, I'm going to let you kick this one off. Let me hear what you're thankful about with X-Wing in 2nd Edition. Sure. I I love 2nd Edition. I am so happy with X-Wing, but the thing I am most thankful for is that there are such or so many diverse lists out there that can be competitive, that can be flown well. Um, and it's so refreshing to go to a big tournament and not see the same eight lists, you know, on on every single table, right? I mean, there there are Nantexes out there that, you know, some people go an entire tournament without seeing a single Nantex. Some people, like our buddy Chance, see three in the same tournament. It, it's just so diverse that you really don't know what you're going you're gonna to get, which makes list building a lot more fun. Um, you don't have to be so scared of just that one boogeyman that you know is going to be out there in, in mass. Uh, I love all of the flexibility that 2.0 is giving us um, and how it makes our whole collections playable. That's a pretty good point. Like I said, I mean, everything in second edition is just, <laughs> it's playable. Like every every single cut, it seems like you're just seeing like, like a different list that you're just like, huh? Like it made it that far, and it's really kind of just like it makes you think that like you could open up the squad builder, put together things that make sense, and it go far. Like, don't get me wrong, like that's why they call it a meta. There's copycats out there. There's net deckers out there. There's people that like will literally just look at every single list and try to figure out what's the best is, and they'll copy it and take that. So it's. A cool state of the game that, you know, you should really be at that point that, like, take a list, build it, practice it, know your list, and go from there. Um, and it's a really good way, way to look at the game right now. Definitely. Jonathan, what are you thankful for with X-Wing 2nd Edition? Uh, you know, I am thankful for actually being able to play movie ships. At the end of first edition, you'd look at the table and you would see Nim in K-Wang versus another Nim K-Wang or like things that you'd never recognize as like a casual Star Wars fan. So it's great to be able to see Darth Vader on the table, to see X-Wings, to see, you know, A-Wings and B-Wings and, you know, even and to see prequel ships all on the table. So I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for second edition breathing new life into the game. And for all the great new players that we have locally, so definitely second edition has brought in uh, plenty of new players that I can think of who uh, may be listening to the show right now. Yeah, uh, like that was a huge concern, and like I know both of you guys can absolutely contest to this. That like with 
at the end, like, people could, like, walk by and, like, they'll see, like, the Death Star Matt, and then they'll just see, like, I don't know, the Jumpmaster versus a K-Wing, and they'll be like, okay, why are these ships on a Death Star Matt? Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. That's pretty awesome. Um, cool. I, what am I thankful for? That is a good question. I have all this time to think about it. Um, I, I think I'm just thankful for the community, like, in, like, general, like, you see so many cool players out there, like, anyone is, like, going to Worlds, like, you could just walk up to anyone, and people walking up to you, like, how friendly everyone is, and it's definitely the different community out there that, um, like, is really kind of fun, so, Jonathan, as you said, like, new players coming in all the time with 2nd Edition, I, I think that's really kind of been, like, the basis for it, that, like, it, it's just great to get out there and, like, see these new people getting into the game. And, like I said, we might not have had that if, you know, we were stuck at first edition and, like, saw all these awkward ships that, you know, were just not being played anymore. So, like, I, I really, like, want to, like, thank the community for making the game what it is and like keeping the game going as strong as it is it is you know it might not be the you know 40k or something like that but it in a game of its own it's definitely awesome and i want to thank you guys for listening thank the community especially the liberty squatching community you guys are awesome um a couple shout outs to like the different like community leaders like lou at top deck and who has showcased Tristan up at Gamers Heaven. You guys really kind of keep the community going with like certain things and making sure that people are getting out there to play games. It is the best time ever to actually be able to go out any night of the week and be able to find a game in the Philadelphia area. So thanks to you guys. Thanks to the community. And um, I hope you are enjoying your turkey day. Um, so on that note, do we have anything X-Wing related that we want to talk about? Nothing. And no, X-Wing. Do we want to talk about... What was that one that we wanted to brush up on? Oh, X-Wing. We got a new app on the way. A little bit of news that we don't know too much about. But the X-Wing app is getting a complete overhaul. They told us that the Epic ships were not going to be in there. So hopefully that means it's on its way. That they will be getting um a the new app out hopefully before the next wave so that's like january maybe the next points next wave will have the new app out there so just hold on to your butts i know everyone's probably using yasbay or um what's the launch one launch bay next yes um we have that being told that it's right around the corner um so that's pretty awesome and other than that, like, we're kind of in a little bit of a dry spell for X-Wing news and everything like that. We don't want to get too big into meta breakdowns because we thought we were going into an extended ex- event um, <laughs> in next week. And here we are in a hyperspace event. So we could look into that in the future. Maybe we'll get that out on Sunday. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. Uh, Brett, do you have any final things? Uh, no, just I'm far less optimistic about the... Uh the app than you are it sounds like oh i'm 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 sticking with yasby that you know i I mean yasby is super convenient rathos he does amazing things um and even with the app out there i would probably still use yasby but ffg's listening and that's what really what matters is that you know the things that they said they were addressing with it being offline mode and all those other cool things it it really kind of like it gives you the sense that they care about the community. 
Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything X-Men related before we move on? No, no, no. I think think we've covered it. Okay, so I know you guys want to talk a little bit about The Mandalorian, right, Jonathan? The Mando what? The Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, we are going to roll the credits here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, Like I said, I am super apologetic if Talon Bane Cobra wasn't here uh, that Friday. They would be out on your way. I know I was even a little bit way behind, but I, you know, I had family emergency. I hope you guys understand. I, you know, usually try to throw in a little bit extra cards when I am running late with these things. So they will be out. So I want to thank you for listening. If you aren't a Patreon, check us out on Patreon. Check us out on the Liberty Squadron Facebook page. And thank you for listening. If you want to continue listening, we're going to talk a little bit about The Mandalorian. Um, and we will go from there. All right, hold on a second, guys. I just want to give it a couple of seconds of silence. I know where to edit it. All right. So we're back. And what do you want to talk about the Mandalorian, Jonathan? I know you are super excited about it. I thought it was amazing. Um, we have, we're three episodes in. Do you, what do you think so far? So I'm definitely a big fan of the show. I have to admit, I have a hard time consuming Star Wars media without immediately thinking about the X-Wing ramifications. So <laughs> I exactly. see Snip and I was like, oh, what would the Razor Crest be like in X-Wing? And then when he's walking through on his way, like when he parks his ship at the, that planet where the bounty hunters all live, uh, they don't even say what it is. And there's other ships parked there. And I'm like, I wonder what that ship could be or what that sh- could ship could be. Or when you can see a quad, there's a quad jumper sitting in like that same like spaceship parking lot. You know, I, it just makes me think of all the new possible content for the game. But overall, you know, um, I think it's been a really great show. I have no idea where it's going. Whereas, like, I feel like for, like, in, like, I don't know, like, The Force Awakens and Rogue One, you saw, I enjoyed those movies, but I knew where they were going. And I have no idea where The Mandalorian is taking us. Yeah, it's funny because, like, we were even having, like, a conversation in the um, our private Discord that we're like, what do you think the Razor Crest is going to be when it finally... Do you think it's going to be a medium-made ship, a large-made ship, front arc, you know, fixed front arc? What do you think the dial is going to look like? So, yeah, definitely that's what something that we were talking about as well. Um, that, like, every ship that you see in the show or anything like that, we're just kind of, like, trying to translate it to the game itself. Uh, Brett, are you all caught up on the show? I am, and I'm loving it. Um, I really am enjoying uh, just the the way they're presenting the show, where there's not a a ton of dialogue but a lot of action. I think they're they're really just making it very captivating. Um, I I can't wait to to see more because I also I have no idea where it's going to go. Um, the the main thing I guess I want to complain about is uh, you should have named Baby Talon Bane baby yoda that was just a total missed opportunity by you uh, we'll see about so, that. baby yoda's adorable and i love him. he's the best they should, they should totally have baby yoda crew half a crew slot half a crew slot. half a crew slot half a crew slot and then like you could put a porg in the other half <laughs> what do the porgs do um if you had a, if you had a ship or a, a crew ability for a porg what would it do 
uh, spend one charge to eat a delicious snack. Perfect. I completely agree. If paired with Chewbacca, raise one initiative. No. Are we getting too close to... Uh... No, uh, are, like, um, if you, you spend one charge to... It allows you to eat something. I don't know. <laughs> nice. And, and, of course, Baby Yoda needs a force point. It, 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 has, it has a force point, but can only recharge it every three turns. He takes a nap yeah, after it, that. It, it's very thematic. I, I really <laughs> like it. Um, yeah, Flip. but the show is just great. The The music, too, is is really wonderful um and it's you know it, the, the episodes are a little short um but then you, you think about it like we're getting eight episodes so it's, it's almost like having like you know two or three movies out all at once um which is is really yeah awesome. i mean the, it, the episodes are a little short but if you think about it like they're generally like 37 to 40 minutes long and like if if it were a show on tv it would be an hour-long show with commercials um, I, I think a lot of people are like are used to like seeing like Game of Thrones being an hour straight. Um, so uh, I, I get it. I mean, maybe next season, if there is a next season, we have no idea what's going to happen at the end of this. Maybe we'll I, get I longer think they episodes. Are, I feel like they already announced season two, but I, I guess I could be wrong. Um, I feel like Jonathan might know because Jonathan knows all of the Star Wars stuff. It seems. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I feel like that did happen. Um. I don't know. <laughs> so, Baby Yoda, the cutest thing in the world. He's not cuter than Baby Talonbane, but um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, what did we think about the Mandalorians, though? I mean, like, uh, people were t- saying that, like, oh, all the Mandalorians were obliterated in the Great Purge. Like, do we think that these are true Mandalorians? Do you think that they are uh, maybe, like, just, like, outcasts that, like, are identifying as the mandalorian code do you think that it's like a few mandalorians trying to rebuild their presence do you, any guys even know what we're talking about <laughs> like as far as like star wars lore so so first just to jump back a bit to answer brett's question yes there is going to be a season two of the mandalorian nice I, you are uh, always my go-to guy jonathan well uh, i was typing it into a web browser so john favreau tweeted uh, he looks like he he posted on instagram like a photo from the set of season two as they're filming nice they're already filming it john favreau is my go-to guy yeah so yeah he tweeted he posted and he said greetings from the set of the mandalorian season two and it's just a picture of a mandalorian helmet you know he survives the season that last episode where you see all the mandalorians fighting the bounty hunters it like I mean, I started to dabble into Legion a little bit. Um, it'll never replace my baby X-Wing. But it would be really kind of cool to see, like, Mandalorian as a faction in Legion. I would buy into that so hard. That was just so cool when they all just flew up with the jetpacks. Oh, my God. It was it was like a nerdgasm. <laughs> it makes me want to have a Mandalorian faction in X-Wing. I wonder... You could do it in an app where you could have a format where you could put restrictions... Yeah, so. yeah, like, what if you could, like, do, like, a Mandalorian faction where, like, it's Sabine and Fen and Boba? Well, I guess most of them are scum already, but... <laughs> but it would be interesting to see, like, what you could do, like, as far as that. And Sabine it, has, like, six other ships, so, you know, right. it still works. Yeah, that would be crazy, though, now that I'm thinking about, like, different themes, like, 
this would be interesting to work cross faction, but it's very specific to like how kind of like how Maul can go onto Ezra's ship, where like you could maybe like take a shadow caster as long as Sabine is part of your uh, crew or like a, a part of your squad. I think I just thought of like the best thing ever for X Wing. You have to become a game designer. I know, right? <laughs> FFG, listen here. Listen to the spoilers on the Liberty Squadron podcast. Um, overall, though, like I said, we're probably not going to do this every week. So we'll probably do like another recap maybe before the season ends. And then maybe around Christmas when it actually wraps up. Um, what do you think about Baby Yoda, though? What do you think is actually happening? Like, So like a, a good point that was brought up to me in one of our spoiler chats was... The scientist that wanted Baby Yoda, and part of why he wanted him alive, was because he was wearing one of the the same uniform as one of the like clone scientists from back in the uh, prequel trilogy. So, like thoughts were going around where like is the Empire trying to clone super Yoda beings? Um, it was something that like was so subtle. But I think at the same time, uh, and like someone's probably like, that wasn't actually the uniform. Um, but it, it was something that like, I'm curious to see what's happening with Baby Yoda. Any any speculation? Uh, well, just also, I mean, that same guy also then was really upset when uh, the option to bring Baby Yoda in dead was was presented right uh, said you know that wasn't what i was thinking I, I i think yeah that's definitely uh pretty solid speculation um i haven't spent too much time thinking about baby yoda besides the fact that i love baby yoda and would do anything for him <laughs> i would do anything for baby yoda i mean it makes you wonder uh, like where is baby if baby yoda survives the series and like where is baby yoda wait don't like, say that because... baby yoda even is possibly going to not survive that just like, breaks everyone's heart it's just like so where is baby yoda when uh like when like the resistance needs him and like i mean he'll be like the like right now he's the equivalent of like a one and a half year old and like it's true like when force awakens comes out he'd be like the equivalent of like a two year old because he can maybe. walk, but he's kind of clumsy and he can't talk. Yeah, so maybe we'll find him, out in three weeks. It puts him under two, but over like one. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect too much out of a two-year-old, <laughs> especially in the time of war. But um, no, yeah, definitely, it'll be interesting to see. I, all right, so another spoiler alert with the release of Fallen Order. Uh, with how they kind of have, I'm sorry, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I just know him as Ian from Shameless, playing the main character in Fallen Order, and that they used his likeness and resemblance a ton. I'm almost curious if they're going to kind of tie together a lot of these, um, like stories together because that happens five years after Vader is created, and. Again, spoiler alerts is that um, Obi-Wan kind of makes a presence in that game. Like, it's not a big presence, and I'm not even that far into it, so I'm sorry if I'm spoiling anything about that because we didn't say that. But 
it gives the opportunity, kind of like with Saul Guerrero, where it was played by, um, not Lawrence Fishburne, um, who plays oh. Saul Guerrero? Forrest. Forrest. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. So, like, it's kind of like, the, you know, they kind of, like, the same thing along that. Like, they kind of give the resemblance to him. And that he was able to play himself in Rogue One. Where, like, I'd be interested to see if the main character in Fallen Order, it, like, pops up into, like, the Obi-Wan series that they are creating. So, like, as himself, that he can play himself and be an actual character. Like, I'm curious if there's, like, a master plan in this from Disney that is going to tie a lot or different sections together, almost like an Avengers kind of like where like this was the start, like Iron Man kind of was the start of the Avengers Endgame and that like down the road, Disney has something up their sleeve that they are planning on doing. Like maybe something is happening and it's really interesting to see that all unfold all in front of our eyes and if that does happen i think i'd be very excited and to see that all this content that could be coming to x-wing is probably on their horizon so um that's my take on it anyone else want to rant a little bit you know um something um i would be very curious i i heard rumors like people uh, maybe not actual rumors but more like wishes that Maybe that Sabine Sabine Wren would show up in the Mandalorian. You know, we know that Dave Filoni is involved, and uh, you know, he has, uh, you know, he was behind Rebels. So I think that would be really amazing if Sabine actually appeared. Huh. It, it would be definitely interesting. Um, I did not finish Rebels, so I don't know how that ended or who survives it. And if anyone dies, I should probably finish Rebels because I probably only have like half a season left. Um. Um, Thrawn kills them all and he captures um, Sabine Luke and kills him. Wait, what? what? Is that serious? <laughs> all right, I'm going to have to end up watching this. Um, any other end rants before we close out this episode? Brett, do you think anything? I I think of nothing anymore. You it think you're just in it for the ride? Spoken. I have spoken. I have, I have spoken. The, I'm okay. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, do can, I guess I could if we're spoiling things. Okay, I'll just say how, like at the end of Rebels, basically, um, like Kanan, Kanan dies. Ezra and uh, Thrawn are like basically they go off to another part of the galaxy and they sort of disappear. So, and then um, Sabine and Ahsoka and Hera are all still alive, and Zeb, and then. Hera works with the Resistance, and later you see Sabine in a flash forward. Sabine and uh, Hera go off to look for Ezra. Interesting. Like, like sort of New Republic era, like after after Endor. Like they show Sabine and Ahsoka, and there, and there's time travel. Like they introduce time travel at the very end, where which is um, weird. Which is always yeah, a great weird. design choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, can we talk about the Avengers real quick? And I don't care what anyone says. They got time sure. travel 100% wrong. I don't care what anyone else says. It is not... There's no way it would work like that. There's no reason Black Widow needed to die. Um, and that is all I have to say. I would, I mean, maybe my... I just assumed that Scarlett Johansson was just sort of she wanted her she has her own movie coming out for the avengers and i just assumed she was done you know just like some of the other people they just like uh captain america what's his name um 
Chris, Chris something. No, Chris Pratt. No, that's uh, Star Lord. Star Lord. Chris Evans. Chris oh, Evans. Right. I think he was just sort of he was done playing Captain America and wanted to do other. He wants to do other things. Man, we are so, spoiling everything for everyone tonight. But I think sorry guys. Charlotte Johan. I mean, she acts in like real movies. Not that sure. Avengers aren't real movies, but she acts in like. She does other things that aren't the movies. She yeah, she does fancy movies, right? Know, Oscar movies. Uh, so I haven't seen any Marvel movies like ever. But can I spoil something? It's you know what. George Vader about? is Luke's father. Uh, I thought you were going to say that Snape killed Snape Dumbledore. Snape killed Dumbledore. Oh, that too. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, so I'm going to make sure I put a huge spoiler tag on this episode. Um, that if you did not play the Fallen Order, or if you have not seen The Mandalorian, or you have not finished Rebels, or you have not seen Episode 2, um, or no, Episode uh, 2, I'm sorry, five. Episode Five, yeah, that you should not listen to. Past and then the um, Brandon Stark becomes king of the of the six uh, kingdoms. You bastard! <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, I'm sorry, I knew that. Right. Jon Snow goes back to the wall. What other spoilers can we ruin right now? Um, Wolverine dies at the end of Wolverine. I mean, it's pretty. What was it uh, at the end of Logan? Is it Logan? That's the name of the movie, right? Right, right. Logan. That's um, a great movie. You know, speaking of like superhero movies, that's a really good movie. Braveheart dies. Titanic. The ship sinks. What? William <laughs> what? Um, um, what are some other great spoilers? Um, Kaiser Sose is really the bad guy. Uh, is oh, yeah. Kevin yeah, Spacey? Is behind... Oh, Kevin. That's a huge spoiler. If you've never seen Usual Suspects, yeah. Oh man, it's I'm gonna have to. Um, Bruce Willis is dead. Really, in the sixth sense. That caught me really. I was so surprised when <laughs> I saw that, but I saw it in the theater back in when I... that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and I remember everyone being like, "Oh!" And then it ruined M Night Shyamalan's career because everyone could not. He could not live up to that potential. You know, he's from the Philadelphia area. He is. He. We should get him on the Liberty Squadron podcast sometime. Maybe he plays X-Wing. Oh, that would be so great. Yo, on some other talk, I saw a pre, uh, article of like the like oh, not the king, but the president of Iceland playing like ice or X-Wing. And, I saw that too. Yeah. Or like he at least was like taking a look at it. And I was like, huh. Iceland dudes are super awesome. If we have any listen- listeners over there, tell everyone I said hello and you should check out the show. Did you go to there? Did you play uh, when you were in Iceland? I went to Iceland for my honeymoon and <laughs> I tried super hard, but the wife just would not let me play. Do you listen? That was like 10 months ago, right? That it was, was Baby Talon Bane day. That, that's, when, that's, where Talon, that's where Baby Talon Bane was made. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> oh. You listen to was it Tuli Tuli Squadron really radio? No, I've I've always seen it, but I should probably check it out. It's it is really hard to keep up with all the podcasts. I used to be able to, and I can't keep up anymore. There's just too many podcasts, and it's hard yeah. to keep up. But a lot like they show up, and a lot of them just sort of peter out and sort of disappear. <sighs> all right, we and... haven't disappeared. <laughs> What'd you say? We haven't disappeared. We have not disappeared. We're going yeah. strong. We've uh, like a year and a half now at this point. I think we're a little bit past that point that we've been on. So again, if you're still listening to us, why? And thank you. We're, we're like super great tonight. It's it's hilarious. Um, 
I, I'm trying to think of more spoilers. Um, OCX podcast is over. F. F. I was listening to their last episode. It's like five hours long. It's actually, I have not finished listening to it <laughs> very long. Did uh, Coach get completely toasted? I am still like only, I, I'm only like an hour in, so. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. I can't think of any more spoilers that I can want to ruin for you guys. Um, I Have you guys listened for this one this long? Thank you so much. Uh, again, I appreciate all you guys that do listen to the show. It's a little bit of a fun episode for Thanksgiving. Hopefully we're he- we will be back to our normal schedule after Pax Unplugged and with that coming up. Baby Talon Bane says hi to everyone and sends his love out to you guys. Um, so again, thank you for listening. Anything less spoilers from you guys? Nothing from me. No, I think I'm done. All right. The Mandalorian's great. If you haven't watched it, we just spoiled everything for you. Go check it out. And that will do it for this week's episode. Good night. <laughs>